Let's get into it. Stan Peak, my friend, my esteemed friend from Canada. How are you this morning, my friend? I'm great, brother. Always a pleasure. I really appreciate you having me back on. I always look forward to our chats, and uh, let's see if we can solve all the world's problems in the next hour. <laughs> it could be the longest podcast in history. Stan, I'm going to start out by, you know, you. St- I, I love you to bits. You amaze me, brother. You, last week, I think it was, let me take you back a step why you and I are here today. I was coaching a high potential leader in one of our businesses here in New Zealand and the question came up, he said, Nick, I'm seen as a high potential future leader, but what does great leadership look like, mate? What does that look like? And it got me thinking, you know, great deal of what you and I do as coaches in our work is helping leaders, helping business owners be the best they can be in whatever format. And we're getting that to that later. But that got me thinking here in my little global headquarters going, that's a great question somebody's asked and maybe... Um, it's it's food for thought for you and I and for other people around the world who do this every single day of our lives. We coach, we impact, we help, we advise, we're sounding boards, whatever words you want to use, that's pretty much where we come into it. So it got me thinking, and why I love you so much is I flicked you an email late at night here in New Zealand and just thinking, let's see how my mate Stan's going over in, in Canada. Stan, how you place next week to jump on a podcast with me, want to talk about leadership, and I want a trusted advisor alongside me, and I couldn't think of anyone better than you. And literally, I woke up the following morning, and there's my response from my man Stan saying, Nick, give me the date, forget the time zone, let's just do it. And thank you, I really appreciate, I really, really, really sincerely appreciate you taking some time out of your day with the family and with your work and all the things you're juggling, just to spend some time with me, 40 minutes, whatever, and talk about leadership. So, Thank you once again for coming on. And before we get into it, before we kind of solve the world's problems, as you said, you launched something recently yourself, didn't you? You launched something in your business. Now, you've got how many hats are you wearing right now, apart from this one with you and me? How many hats are you wearing as a business owner, as a leader, as an advisor? Talk me through that. Well, I mean, take out the parent and spouse hats. Most important. Take out the friend hat, all that. Just in terms of different businesses right now, I'm uh, an owner co-owner in five different businesses um so there's there's definitely a lot to manage um which is you know you and i both we talk so much about leadership it, it is interesting to see how leadership shows up in all five of those businesses um also why i'm such a huge fan of yours because every time we're together i guarantee i'm going to go back into those five businesses charged up fired up and a better version of myself so thank you my friend but um, it's been it's been a busy 2020 guy Entered the year with three businesses and I'm leaving the year with five. Growth. We talk that, we use that word. Everybody throws it around. Growth, scaling growth. And to me, as I just dial in these numbers, to me that sounds like um, five hats, being a husband, being a father, walking the dog, writing books, jumping on podcasts with strange people in New Zealand. Um the latest thing that you've been getting hold of and, and really owning in that market space. And there's been so much around technology and, you know, we're so blessed to be able to use Zoom. And for anyone listening into this around the world or watching this on, if you're visually inclined, on our YouTube channel, and Stan's going to probably share this around his world. Um, can we just say thank you? Thank, thank you so much from Stan and myself for taking the time out of your day plugging your earbuds in and listening to Stan and I talk, hopefully some sense. There is so much distraction going on around the world from, a, from anywhere, from technology, from noise. And one of my job as a coach is to really distill that down and think about, well, what is important to the individual? And from Stan and my point of view, thank you for taking the time to listen to or watch this video podcast. You've invested your time with us. And Stan and I are going to wrap our arms around you and just say thank you for investing your time in listening to us. And if you've got any questions, any thoughts, any ideas, just reach out to one of us. And if we don't know, there'll be someone in our community, our small, perfectly formed coaching community that will probably be able to help. But thank you for all tuning in wherever you are around the world. And that means so much to me when there's so much distraction going on. So Stan, you've got a number of businesses going on. You're advising a number of great, wonderful people up there and other parts of the world. And yet you spend, and we talked about this before we jumped on the record button, you spent eight months making video content for a beautiful series of videos that is 
probably on the back of your book, Success is a System. And you can get that from Amazon or wherever, wherever. But just talk us through, because I've just had a quick look at it and you showed me through and you was just fizzing. So it's like having your your second child, isn't it? You, you know, you spent eight months working really hard behind the scenes with your team, pulling together uh, uh, some content and some really useful content. Just share with us really quickly, or as long as you want, what does that Success as a System video series entail? Well, yeah, thank you so much. Um, first of all, after spending eight months, you know, putting so much care and passion into something, I have a whole lot more uh, empathy and understanding for what my wife went through. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, it's basically it started with COVID, you know, and I know that's what we're going to talk about mm. today about how we show up as leaders, how leaders show up, and how we can show up for our teams in COVID. And well, as entrepreneurs as well, we have to show up for our customers, our clients, you know, our patients, whatever our stakeholders might be. So as soon as you know the shutdown happened in you know March of 2020. It was just like, oh, geez, what do we do now? I don't think I said, oh, geez, by the way. Um, <laughs> we, so we complete this out with technology. Yeah, there you go. But about a bit, I wouldn't say a panic moment, but it was more of a, you know, okay, this sucks, but there's always opportunity. Yeah. I'm a big believer as not just an entrepreneur, but as a leader, there's always opportunity in crisis. So where is it? And, and the first thing I did was, um, I remember it was Friday, Ironically, 2020, this is such a 2020 story. It was Friday the 13th when the first shutdown happened. Serious. A lot of people realize that. Not uh, necessarily in New Zealand, but in North America, you know, it was, you know, in our time zone, mountain time zone, that kind of stuff. It was Friday the 13th when the shutdown happened. So my first reaction was panic. And then my second reaction was, wait a minute. I'm advising other business owners and business leaders, and if I'm panicking, chances are yep. they are. Yep, 100%. So first reaction rate was write a quick article, you know, things you can still do mm -hmm. when there's a panic and when there's uncertainty. And I'll, I'll tell you, my friend, I could not stop writing. So that little article took my entire Friday, Saturday, Sunday, probably Monday, and in four days, uh, that was my fifth book. And so it was like, geez, here we go. And, and I wanted to make sure people could get that book, so I made I, I went on Amazon. Mm. It was a self-published effort. Did it for ninety nine cents, and I just said, whoever can't afford the ninety nine cents, let me know. The book's yours for free. But that wasn't enough. It was more like that's a small little thing that wasn't going to change anyone's universe um, because that still it was about growing a business. Mm. So long answer to your short question. I started thinking about. You know, in my coaching process, and you and I obviously have spent time together mm. being mentored by, you know, John Matone, the world's top executive coach, but we've also put our own spin on a lot of things we've mm. learned, brought our own material and experiences. So in my coaching, one thing I go through with everybody, I don't care if they own 10 businesses, you know, if they're a CEO or if they're, a, you know, high potential, as you said, mm. we always go over you know, purpose, like why, why start the business, why this line of work. We always go over values. We always go over vision, like where do you see yourself? Um, and then we go through things like what holds you back? What's your glass ceiling? You know, what are the beliefs and habits that you bring to the table? And we call those things really your foundation for success. So I took all of that and filmed basically the content. Like how would I coach someone on all those aspects? Spent eight months filming all of it. And then basically decided to offer that as low as I could as a price point so that really more people have access to what would have cost. We were talking about this before. Mm -hmm. Would have cost what, uh, the same as it would be to work with me for two months one-on-one. -on -one. And uh, for most people, you know, working with an executive coach, uh, at least a good one, mm -hmm. um, is, is you know, not necessarily a, a, a trivial expense. And right now the world's hurting. Businesses are going, you know, yep. belly up every day. People are wondering where their next, you know, paycheck is coming from. So really the time to help is now, not the time to exploit. And that's why I brought the price down by more than 90%. Mm. It's because people need it. And, you know, you're someone that inspires me so much because you're, I know your default is help first, 
worry about if I get paid for it second. I know that about you. I love that about you. It's the right attitude. Um, you know, anyone that is listening that doesn't know Nick Rowd all that well, let me say it because he's far too humble. This is a guy that just does the right thing and helps and helps for passion and helps because he believes it's the right thing to do. And you do that for long enough, and it's not a surprise that you've recently been named New Zealand's number one executive coach because the passion and the help and the skill has always been there. And uh, you've just helped enough people that now there's a demand out your door. Out your beautiful, famous headquarters. World famous in Auckland, New Zealand. No, it's a, well, thank you so much for that. That's, you know, you know me well enough. Um, it's not about me, it's about you. So I'm going to quickly detract that because that's a work on for me and put it back to you. So we've got a series of wonderful videos and people can go through that and work at their own pace and, and, and really spend some time and invest on themselves. It's not a group thing. It's not a collective thing. It's very much one-on-one. I'll definitely hook up some show notes and some links. Stan's going to send me some links over the next few days and we'll get the show notes out on the link to it and access and everything else that you need to do. And, and I, I just, after seeing it, I, I knew Stan was doing it way back because that's what he and I do. We talk about stuff and bounce things around each other. And um, having a look at what the team have pulled together behind the scenes and really seeing the colour and the thought and the video content and just the insight from from how words can jump off a page. It's really worth having a look at as an individual, especially over the Christmas break, especially New Zealand, Australia, this side of the world. We're in glorious, balmy sunshine. I, I said to you, let's get early in the global headquarters because this, this office gets hot in the afternoon. And I know at home for you in Canada, it's kind of changing climates and seasons. Yeah, dropping down. So maybe over the Christmas break, if you want to get a gift for yourself or get a gift for a work colleague or for a loved one, have a look at that as well. It could be worth having a look as you set up for yourself for 2021. Um, the books... You know, anyone who writes a book, anyone who gets a bestseller, anyone who gets something up there, I, I'm just thrilled. As a dyslexic introvert, I, I just put it up in awe. I just think, how do, how do these... I'm reading, here's an example. This is Welcome to My World. Um, I'm reading a small book. Um, small book for anyone who's just listening into the podcast. It's, <laughs> I'm not into politics, and this podcast will never get down that route of talking about politics in in any in any format this is all about helping and inspiring people to be better in themselves and sometimes we look at our politicians and they're in our faces 24 7 and and coaching a few people in in that environment here in New Zealand you think to yourself you know let, let's do things a bit differently but I'm as a dyslexic person I'm, I'm trying to get through Barack Obama's A Promised Land and what a you know i for anyone who wants a big seasonal book for Christmas, there's your book. Um, it just inspires me how people write books and bring it to life. So I don't know the guy. I've never met the guy. You know, I'd love to meet his wife. She sounds a real hoot. She sounds just the backbone of that family. And um, I'm just get working my way through book. And anyone who writes a book like yourself, Stan, you've written five books. I'm sure there's going to be many more over the next few years. And we'll talk about that another day. But just someone who can bring that context together. But why I love it is it's like I'm standing alongside Barack Obama and he's talking to me. And it's not the audio book, it's the written book. So I'm trying to improve my, my own kind of learning from a dyslexic point of view. And just seeing how that kind of, how he writes. And I'm sure he's had a really good wordsmith around him. But you can still sense there's a lot of his own authentic approach to writing and what you see is what you get. I remember seeing a picture of Barrack, and it's not a podcast on Barrack, but you know he was walking through um, one of the major cities in America, and, and he he kind of reached out to one of the cleaners, and he gave him a high five, and he you know he shook his hand, and he spent time talking to him. And you know today's podcast is really talking about leadership in 2020. Um, to me, that just that just shines through as as genuine leadership doesn't matter whether the world is collapsing whether you're making billions of dollars that guy stopped and engaged with somebody and had a conversation don't know what the conversation but a picture says a thousand words and he really kind of see that and in his book he's very much written like that and I know when I've read your book stands um Stan sorry when I've read your books a good book to me is I read it two or three times 
two or three times I pick up your book and I flick through it. It's it's kind of it's in the global headquarters. It's it's kind of that coffee book you keep picking through. So anything like that has grappled grap grap me and got me. So you look at him as a leader and you think to yourself, and part of this podcast is what's what's going on in the world of leadership right now? December you know, I don't know when this podcast is going to go out. It may go out in the new year. I was working out some time things with some other things that are going on. But if someone like Barack Obama, who has probably at the time had the biggest pressure, the biggest stress, the biggest workload, don't get me wrong, he's got all the enablers around him. He's got the best team. He's he's compiled the best people you can probably get around him, I'm assuming. And as a leader, that's what I'd urge anyone to do. If you haven't got the right team around you, Take a look in the mirror, take a look at the people, if you can enable them, help them, grow them, develop them, if you can't, have the conversation. And that's bloody hard for any leader to go through. But you look at him, he's got his team around him, he's got his people around him, he's got the most pressure, but he still has time, the empathy, he still has the empathy and the time just to relate to people. So when you look at that stand from Canada, from the people you're touching, those business leaders, those CEOs, those entrepreneurs, what are you seeing? Let's talk through 2020, March, Friday the 13th in Canada. Boom, we're off. Closure. Everything shuts down. What have you seen? If you fast forward to today, what are the kind of traits that you've seen in poor leadership? People don't talk on podcasts about the negatives, but I want to go both sides of the coin, if that's okay with you, my friend. What's what's been poor? What have you seen? And I don't want to talk about names, people. It's not about that. Just give me a view on that, mate. Talk me through poor leadership. Yeah. No, you know how it is. I mean, client confidentiality. Yeah. We'll never go to the names. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm glad we're talking about both because I don't think we talk about it often enough. And I think that you know, poor leadership has to be highlighted in an example of what not to do, because the problem is that, at least, you know, I'm in Alberta, Canada, um, basically Canada's Texas, if you will. Most people know... If Hi, Susan. Susan, if you're listening yeah. in Texas. Yeah, you know, Texas is a very, um, you know, very renowned for its energy, you know, and, mm. and a lot of rich Texans because of the energy industry. And there was a lot of rich Albertans because of the energy but it's very beleaguered. It has been for a, a while, quite a while. Uh, global energy prices declining, um, and a lot of actually uh, political factors as well here, particularly in Alberta. Regardless, um, the reason I bring that up mm. is because in an industry that has been renowned for high wages, you know, good compensation, good career uh, opportunities and advancements, just lots of opportunity. There seems to be a pervasive current of, well, do it, Nick, because if you don't do it, I've got 20 people I can replace you with tomorrow. Mm. And there has been burnout. Um, and let's face it, when you look at uh, COVID, there are so many issues that we have to deal with. Even pulling from the penal system, you know, in prison. They have actually had to put mandates and new laws around how long an inmate can be in solitary confinement. And the reason is because the research and from the world of psychology shows that isolation is the cruelest form of punishment to a human being. You know, uh, babies that aren't hugged and touched mm. and, and loved physically and emotionally young enough can even develop physical health disorders later in life. Right? So what does that have to do with leadership? Well, it has everything to do with leadership. People are supposed to stay at home right now mm. during the outbreak. They're supposed to be distant. And for a lot of people, distant means isolated. So when leaders are not empathetic, when they say, do it because it's your effing job, mm. when they say, do it because I can fire you and I can replace you tomorrow, Nothing sends a louder message to your team that they don't matter. Now, what those leaders have to realize is that they might be able to get away with this type of leadership. Um, and it's not leadership, as you and I both know. No. They might be able to get away with this type of behavior for a season, maybe two. But all things balance over time. And as soon as anyone on that team has even the whiff of an opportunity elsewhere, they take advantage of it. 
right? Good economies give employees options. And when employees have options and they work in a toxic work culture, they will exercise those options. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it's really, uh, plus again, you think about the isolation that's brought on by COVID. If those employers tacked on, we have ser- serious and significant mental health challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't need to go down that road. I think people can connect the dots, but it can be very depressing. Yep. It can be very scary, um, and it can be very harmful. So, you know, not everyone has to be an amazing coach as a leader. Far be it for me to expect that someone who's never been professionally trained as a coach is going to be as competent as Nick Brown is um, in coaching their team. That's not even the point. Just caring can actually go a long way to making someone a decent leader, a decent coach. Um, really quick, staying on mm, the track mm. of poor leadership, you know, I've seen things like um, pulling off uh, compensation, you know, and t- total confidence benefits. You know, the perks are gone. The benefits are gone, which people need at this time of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's a dentist, whether it's doctor visits, whatever the case may be. Um, and everything's still around short-term, you know, profit. Year over year or even quarter over quarter shareholder returns. Mm-hmm. That's not leadership, right? That, that's extracting value from a company. That's not adding value to a company or not adding value to customers' lives. So, in short, um, what poor leadership is right now is thinking short-term. It's profit above all, and it's not adding value to people's lives. Um, And it's really exercising leadership from a position of title, not from a vantage point of servitude. Uh, you and I both, you know, the best leaders on the planet, who you and I both have the privilege mm. of coaching and working with and learning from, the best leaders look at leadership as a opportunity, if not an obligation, to serve others. I don't like starting our podcast with the poor side of something, but I think it's such a big elephant in the room because I've got guys and girls working with me and I know you have that say, you know, what is great? What does great look like? What does good look like? What does amazing look like? And these are just great, there you go. These are just great buzzwords that get thrown around. And I'm always conscious, like we just said, about talking about the the negative side of the positive um, and thinking around, you know, if you show up as a leader in what Stan was just saying and what you just said, mate, around that poor side of profit above all um, or profit before people, you know, yes, you may get that dollar figure. Yes, you may get that shareholder return. We're all in a world we know it's the unknown. Everybody, doesn't matter where you sit in the world, knows that these are um, times that none of us have been through before our generation we've got grandparents may have gone through wars and go back and go back and everyone's had their time of facing enormous adversity and feeling really crippled by what's going on and 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 unhelpful whatever you want to use the word so shareholders yes they probably and i've worked with a number of boards here in new zealand and 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 you know you see how they act in the boardroom and then you see how they act in the global headquarters and it's chalk and cheese and then you get to the bottom of the chalk and the cheese and they said, look, ultimately, Nick, I'm, I do need to make a dollar for this group of shareholders and I do need to make these numbers. And I work with them and say, well, what will happen if you can inspire, if you can educate, if you can grow, if you can develop your people as opposed to being the, the whip with the, or the chain and just smashing harder and harder? And people don't want that. You know, tell me, tell me if you know anyone that wants to be led in that format go back to my parents generations and i remember stories of dad coming home he's an electrician or wasn't an electrician and he was saying god i overheard somebody talk to somebody in a room and it was just like i would have laid them out that, that's my dad talking not what happened so you know that style of leadership and you look in the sports arena that style of leadership you sit in gymnastics and we've had some stories over here in new zealand where young gymnasts have been kind of going home in tears because they're being pushed they're being told to they're being you know verbally said you know you're useless you you aren't good at this you're not good at that and that to me i've got kids i've got you know i've got a four-year-old and a two-year-old there's rules 
don't jump on the furniture, don't hit your sister, eat your dinner, eat your Brussels sprouts. You know, those are all that we as parents try and allow our children to grow and develop. I couldn't ever think of speaking to somebody in that tone. You must do this. You need to do that. You know, there's there's ways of leading people in crises. And globally, the world is in an unknown world. We, We don't know what's going on. Many scientists are working really hard behind the scenes and hats off to them all who are doing an amazing job trying to bring some um, relief to us humans and get it right do it do it right but when you when you look at that leadership and you see that and you taste that you think how are you ever going to get people around you close to you you know I've you and I do work with leaders and part of that work is we bring in others into the conversation it's not just that individual and and let's put it in blunt terms we do 360s which involves people reviewing or confidentially sharing insights on that person what's he like what's she like how does he show up how does she show up what do you really like of them in their leadership what would you like to see change in their leadership and it's not a right or wrong Um, entry for passage but it's very much an enabler for that person to spend time with a coach you and I or whoever and really reflect on how are people perceiving you I want to share a story I'm not going to talk about names but it's coaching a, a a general manager of a business unit going into um going up into a CE role and the chair wanted to get some coaching around this individual and I was fortunate to work with this individual over nine months and it was a wonderful journey and and the reflection the learning that he's taking away now has been transformational but when we sat down and we did the 360s I got all the reports in got all the data in got all the insights in and I'm sitting here in the global office and I'm reading this report and there's comments such as I don't trust him as a leader he shouldn't be a leader he's a horrible leader I don't want to follow him. Um, he's only got here because he's been in the business 20 odd years. You know, these were scathing confidential insights into this into this leader's approach. And you know me, everything's on the table when we're working together from a coaching point of view. Confidentiality is assured and let's just put it all out there. Otherwise, we're not going to improve or grow or develop. So I'm sitting here late on one Thursday night with this 18 page report and my job part of my job is to send that report through before our session and for the first time in my career I've gone I can't send this this I can't send this now I've read what I've read I can't send this to this guy but I I did I sent the email and I said see you tomorrow in our or whatever day it was see you in our session we'll get to work anyway so sleepless night one eye open thinking to myself this this is this is make or break nick but as a coach my job is to hold the mirror up my job as a coach is to really bring thoughts to life and to see where that see what is being said and told and done so i rock up into the boardroom i walk into you know the, his ea takes me through and i'm 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 waiting for the usual high five, but it's not. There's an ashen man sitting in the far end of the room, white as a sheet. And, oh, that's a test of courage from my side of things. I walk up and shake his hand and we sit down. And and he looks at me and he goes, I've got my letter. My letter? What what are you talking about? I've got my letter of resignation to the board. I'm out. And I said, wow, congratulations. Talk, talk me through why I knew why when you see the report and you see the insights of somebody said as a leader and he said Nick I've invested in in coaching because I want to improve and I've invested in coaching because I want to be the best co- best leader I can be and I interjected and I said and you've also invested in coaching to take ownership take all course of action good bad and ugly and the big elephant in the room was that report. And I said, why don't we pop that letter to one side and talk about that at the end of the session? So we popped it to one side and we got talking about the report. And, you know, bearing in mind, this guy's a seasoned executive. He's never probably ever been told this or seen this insight into him. He, he's always gone, Nick, my shareholders get their return. My profit lines are good. My cost centers are under control. People love me. 
And the report was completely opposite, Stan. It was a complete opposite side of the coin. And when you look at that and you look at that individual and you think to yourself, how the hell was, how are we going to work through this? But long story short, what it, what we got to is, um, give me two seconds. So yeah, sorry about that. And, and so what it was really kind of showing was, you know, he's got this insight into him as a leader. He thought he was great. He thought he was good. He thought he was doing a good job. And there was this horrible wording. You know, there's a lot of content in there that was really horrible. And... I said, well, what are we going to do? Are we going to just give you a letter to your chair and, and move on? Or what do you want to do? And he said, I don't know, Nick. I'm not sure. I'm feeling hurt. And you can imagine that hurt, that pain. You know, he's had people around him for years and suddenly he's seen this insight that's quite belittling and quite degrading. I said, look, you came with me and we said, look, we're going we're gonna to have some good things and some bad things. So let's just talk about it. Let's work things through. But what it showed me was people cared what it showed me in all that report and in that insight was people were willing to put the word down, the thoughts down, to help that individual improve. But he didn't see that at the time. He just saw hurt and pain. So from, from that standing point of view and from a leadership point of view, what a, what a way to embrace feedback and what a way to adapt your leadership, especially in 2020. Um, especially in 2020 when there are so many uncertainties, there are so many things that are out of our control. And, and one thing, you know, we talked about the poor side of um, leadership. That was a great example of this, this leader has got there. He's doing a job, good, bad or different, but that's poor leadership. And it took a momentum shift in his mindset to really bring his own true values through and, and really start treating people with integrity and respect and doing the right thing by people. And the feedback now post-coaching is, you know, wow, what a transformation. What a great thing. He's actually, you know, showing up as himself and not this bully boy, if you want to call it then. So, you know, long may that leadership, people need to make tough calls. Leadership is a lonely place. I hear it every day. It's a lonely place. It's a lonely place. But people are making tough, really tough calls that are going to impact on families, on communities, on countries. And that's the job you're in. That's the job you've signed up for. But do it in a way that you can bring that empathy through, bring that reasoning through. Some of the great leaders I work with, they make some of the worst, horrible decisions that they make. You know, you're going to lose your job, Stan, or your, your job is no longer here, Stan. No one wants to hear that in their career. No leader of a business sets up to fire people or to lose people. But I've seen great leadership in New Zealand where people have lost their jobs, where they've sat with the person that, and... Bearing in mind there's a relationship first and foremost from that leader and that person. So there's a healthy you know, dialogue. And they're talking through the reasonings behind why. They're talking through the reasonings of why he or she has had to make that decision. And it, it has to be made. But that's a sign of great leadership. That's a sign of good leadership when you're able to really communicate clearly to people as opposed to have that stick, as opposed to have that whip going on around it. You talked about the poor side of leadership in 2020. What are the things that you've seen that have been really impressive to you? What's kind of gone, Nick, that blew, that blew my mind. I need to share that with you. Yeah, no, and, and first of all, just feeding off of your story, I love, I love the um, relevate, revelations that your client was getting to because you need to be able to hear those. Um, leadership requires thick skin. Uh, anyone who's even considering leadership listening to this if you think leadership is a popularity contest, uh, experience will s soon tell you that you'll be sorely mistaken. Mm. Um, and, and really, leadership does have to come from a place of servitude. We talked about that earlier. If you want to become a leader because you see that as a hierarchical, you know, up step up the ladder, bigger title, more pay, generally speaking, I'm sure you've experienced the same thing, that for the marginal increase in pay, to become a team lead, a director, a mm. VP, um, the amount of your pay increases, the amount your stress and responsibility increases is far greater. Mm. Especially if you are not in it for the right reasons. I just want to sort of, you know, kind of preempt that the stories I'll give, and mm. that you know, great leadership has to come from being in it for the right reasons, because the amount of work it requires when you're just in it for a paycheck, um, it's very rare that you're going to end up on one of those stories involving great leadership. Mm. 
because it is about over and above. You know, it, it's great leadership is not deciding between profit or people. It's finding ways to achieve profit through investing in your people, and the best leaders understand that. Um, there's a quick uh, leadership analogy that we all talk about, everyone's heard, and that's that great leaders get their team rolling in the same direction. Okay, well, you know, direction is one aspect of leadership. Velocity is another. So if you just say to your team, do this, everyone row in this direction, there'll inevitably be people that are just going through the motions, and they're not rowing that hard. Hmm. But great leaders get to know their team and understand where that team member is going to be able to contribute the most to the organization based on their individual skill set, passion, you know, all those good things. Mm. And then great leaders don't say row harder. They inspire the team by the direction they're headed the team. And if you imagine if we can just go here, you know, wouldn't it be great for all of us if there's more opportunity because we're going to have more of a profit or whatever the case may be. Mm. Maybe it's not about the profit. Most of the times the team isn't inspired by profit. They're inspired by impact, changing lives, improving an industry, whatever the case may be, solving problems. So all that preamble to say that great leaders do it right, and they do it right by focusing on their people. That is in stark contrast to what terrible leaders do. Terrible leaders is about the projects, it's about the job, it's about money. Great leaders take the time to check in with their team and see how they're doing. Um, I've seen leaders say, everyone has to come back to the office. They don't care. In the height of shutdown and health regulations and be six feet apart and don't be indoors if you don't need to and don't go downtown if you don't need to, I've heard leaders say, everyone must return to the office. Great leaders say, where are you going to be the most productive? Where do you feel the most safe? What do you need? Um, examples of also just engaging. Um, there's a CEO right here in Calgary who does business all across North America, and they are doing a 12 Days of Christmas. This company, uh, I'm a fan of theirs. They do great things. They really have a great uh, organizational culture. And, you know, it's actually trending on social media, the different um, gifts that the team is getting. You know, they're getting... Uh, you know, cookies or a kit to make their own gingerbread house and you know, having a little competition. So it's not just a treat. There's a spirit of fun and camaraderie and competition. And if they want, um, they can also choose to receive like a, a drink of the day, whether it's a Bailey's or whatever. Mm. Because they also, you know, don't want to have this culture of, you know, endorsing drinking. Mm. But if people can celebrate responsibly, like they found a great balance. Um, another CEO I'm working with right now who's out of Edmonton, which is just north of mm. Calgary, um, he, his big focus uh, is really on culture, culture, culture. They're losing money right now, but they were losing a lot of money. Uh, they brought him in, and that loss is shored up, and now it's starting to head the right direction. But every time we talk to him, it's just about culture, and I will say one of the big marks of culture um, that, you know, one of the big metrics that I'm sure you look at as well is employee engagement. And this particular company in three years went from, I think, 13% employee engagement. That's in the realm of mm. toxic. Mm. That's in the realm of, like, everybody's talking about quitting. Within a year, it was about 56% employee engagement. And now it's around, I think, 74 76%, which... So in three years, they've gone from 20% to... Wow. In two years, that's the improvement. And for listeners that aren't familiar with employee engagement, that's the percentage of people that say that this place inspires them to do their best work and they are not looking for anywhere else to work. And when given the opportunity, they say great things about the organization. And a number of 76% of the team being that engaged puts them in the top quartile of companies in the world. So, I mean, the guy's doing a phenomenal job by focusing on culture. And that is what's bringing up their their cash flow. And they're also innovating. And they happen to be in the trucking industry. I don't yeah. give too many details. No, no, no. Cool, cool. Clients deserve their privacy. Yeah. But this is an industry where sometimes people don't think there's a whole bunch of innovation and focus on data going on. And, and the, the magic that's happening there is, is palpable. 
So those are examples of what great leaders are doing. Mm. The third example is just um, I had a leader share this on their LinkedIn uh, just actually today, and they talked about the core value that's missing in most organizations. Because companies are so competitive today, the chances are if you work at a tech company, obviously at a bank, anywhere else where data or customer information or financial information is secret, as soon as you put in your notice, chances are security is walking out the door. Hmm. And, you know, this article talked about someone who, you know, had worked for the same company for 10 years and almost had that happen to them. If it wasn't for the COO catching wind that security had been lined up and organized to escort this person, the COO had to put a stop order on security exiting this person out just so they could have uh, an exit that had some level of dignity. And that was the core value he felt was missing was dignity. So, so again, the last thing I'll say Mm. here before I, you know, uh, take the talking stick for too long is just that, you know, great leaders realize that people are going through something that is the first of its kind in history, and people have had their realities just shattered, mm. their lives flipped on their ear. So anyone who thinks it's business as usual mm. just isn't paying attention. And, and so great leaders, a small act of checking in, asking how your team is doing, and actually caring, not having that be a small pleasantry before you get to your real agenda, that alone goes a long way in having your team be able to share with you your real struggles, which as a leader gives you the opportunity to do something about it. Leaders don't have all the answers, but if they're not asking the right questions, Mm -hmm. there's no way they'll have the answers. I love those three things that you shared. I love those the insights you shared around some of the, what the company's CEs are doing. And I think you touched on the point, I was gonna interrupt you as I would normally do, but we, we are trying to impact our thoughts to others around the world. And that word that you came out with was dignity. I've had people in here, when COVID hit in New Zealand, I, I, I took the liberty of wanting to, wanting to do something that just felt right. And it still feels right. And I said, at the time I was 45, I said, I'm gonna coach 45 professionals who have been made redundant. No no fee, no charge, no hooks, no hacks, nothing. Unfortunately, I finished with 58 professionals. And why I say unfortunately was because that was a small, a very small number of people that have been affected over the last eight months here in New Zealand and I know around the world and what I wanted to do was to coach each of them in the global headquarters via zoom via webex because technology was the the way forward and just be there with them and I don't have all the answers you touched on earlier leaders don't have all the answers I don't have all the answers but one thing that resonated with each of them was you know, Nick, thanks for giving me the time just to vent, just to chuck it out there, just to really express how I was feeling. And you talk about the mental well-being. And next year, I've got a few people coming on talking around that with, with me on this podcast. And we'll leave that for another day. But one thing that like you've said with people around their dignity is I had a client. She'd been in, the, in a business for 20 odd years. And unfortunately, that business was going through a whole heap of pain, a whole heap of change. Her job was gone. This was the this was the insight that she shared with me. And of course, there's always two sides of the coin, but this was her story. I got a phone call from my boss at five o'clock last night. You're out. Good luck. Hope it all goes well. Hung up the phone. 20 odd years in a business. Doesn't matter if you've been in a business for two seconds, Stan. You talk about dignity, you talk about empathy, you talk about respect. That's a leader in a business. And you think to yourself, I don't know him or her. I don't know what pressures he or she is under. I don't know. But I do know that spend some time with somebody, give them time to understand the reasoning, give them some help, give them some support, give them some direction is the least you can do for anyone, whether you've been in the business for a second or 30 or 40 or 50 years. So that was just a kind of example that 
you know, when I was thinking about this call with you today and, and, and sharing some insights into leadership over 2020, I long that that doesn't crop its ugly head again. I'm sure it does. Look, I'm sure there are businesses doing things so badly, you know, that they think they're doing the right thing, but that's because of the pressure that's on that business leader, that owner, the enormous entirety of what's on there. You know, I co- you, you and I coach great people. And one of the things they talk about is being lonely as a leader, whether you're growing as a leader, whether you're in that leadership role and that feeling of of um, loneliness. And I was thinking about that and I did a bit of a survey through a number of my clients and talk, took, wanted to take some things that we could share today. And these were the things that this, these leaders were sharing with me. And I validated it with my dairy owner We've got a local dairy up the road and every other day I'll go and get my milk for the kids for their milk at bedtime because they need milk and they always drink lots of milk in this house. And anything I do, I always speak to my, my dear friend in the local dairy and we talk about leadership. And he knows what I do as a job. And, you know, he's you know he's a really good Indian, fascinating guy, wonderful guy. I should actually get him on the podcast because he's a great businessman as well. Really good skill set around people and stuff like that. And he, he came back to two things. He goes, Nick, I look after myself every single day what i put in my body how i move how i sleep anyway he talks about that himself and then he talks about my people my staff in the shop my delivery guys and girls that rock up every day with their boxes of milk or bread or crisps or chip whatever you know i look after them i i, I talk with them i make sure they're okay and their family's okay and then it's my customer and then i make sure my customer that rocks through this little dairy has the best experience of rocking up into a dairy every single time. And I said to him, I said, do you know, that's, you probably just distilled down leadership in, in, a, in a conversation. And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, you've talked about three things, a bit like you just said, Stan. And he said, I look after myself first. You know, I exercise as much as I can. I eat healthily. I try and sleep as best I can. And I try and surround myself with people that take the stress off me. Then I've got my delivery guys, my staff, my people, and then I've got my customers. And some other things that I wanted to share with everyone listening in today were these kind of things were the environment that you work in. You know, we've moved into a technology overload. This is being done with microphones, cameras, and Zoom and everything else that goes on. And these fat fingers aren't designed for it. But think about the environment you work in. Think about your routine you're going through. You know, great sports people you and i can relate to this from when we when we talk about sport and something else but great sports people olympians people that medal people that are at the elite end of their sport they have a routine they could be sitting in quarantine in a hotel i listened to one of our rugby players last night he's in quarantine they've come back from australia but they've got they're trying to stick to that word routine eating exercising as limited as you can in quarantine um mental well-being, etc., routine. The big elephant for many of them is not not being alone. And as leaders always say to you and I, it's really horrible that I feel lonely, Nick. I feel that I am alone. You know, great sports people surround themselves with coaches, great sports people, musicians, artists have advisors around them that can really enable them and see things that they can't see. So one thing that I took down apart from the environment, the routine is not being alone. You know, whether it, is, whether it is on a one-on-one call with your teams or with your people, you know, spend, if you've got a 45-minute catch-up, spend 38, 39, 40 minutes on having a conversation. How are you? What's going on in your world? How are the family? Are you looking after yourself? Now, I'm not going to give you the questions to ask in a one-on-one, but just think about that. And then spend five minutes of talking about business. You know, you don't need to block out that 45, 50 minutes just talking about numbers, just talking about the bottom line or whatever it is. So not being alone is just really impacting yourself and sharing sharing how you're feeling, you know, really putting it out there. Share how you feel. You and I jumped on the call this morning and, and before we press go and press live and all these buttons went off. And, you know, I said to you, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I've had but sick kids, I'm feeling down. I was going to call today and can it, but I I knew you'd be in. I knew you'd be waiting. I knew you'd be there. So, you know, sharing why you're feeling down because of your sickness or you're not feeling healthy, but don't hold it in because people start guessing and start worrying and doing other things. 
other things that the people share with me is set the bar and then push the bar. I really like that saying. Some some execs said, said to me this week, set the bar or set and push the bar. So we know COVID's hit. We know the bottom lines are going down or numbers are going up, whatever. But just draw a line. Work with your finance people or your CFO or your head of finance and understand what the, that bar looks like. And then realize that that's what it's going to be. And then try and see ways you can, as a team, push things up. What can your people do? What can they do? Leaders don't have all the answers, but you've got two ears. You've got one mouth as a leader, as a human. So ask people questions. What do you think? What do you think we might do? How can we do this together? What What's going to work best for you? Um, practice. People talked about practicing. And I was thinking, practicing? How do you practice? But from the moment we're born, I look back at Louis and Willow, from the moment you're born, you're practicing to engage with mum and dad or you might be crying or crawling or walking or dancing or whatever riding a bike so practicing things from a leadership point of view you know practice how are you communicating with people practice how are you showing up practice are you being present you know we've got technology are you in the zone with Stan and Nick right now or are you looking at your emails watching another video or whatever you know I've seen people multitask and we all know Nothing gets done. We just go backwards at a rate of knots and we get more and more frustrated. So practice things and be in the moment. One thing that came through from all leaders was no surprise. I don't care whether it's good, bad or ugly. I don't want a surprise. So let's be very clear. And however we communicate, whether it's on the phone, whether it's in New Zealand now, we are starting to be back in work. We are allowed to move around freely, maybe not fly international. So when I when I share those things, these are very much through the last kind of eight, nine months, Stan. But that no surprise attitude, a bit like what you said with your CE and people you work with is, let's just talk it through. If it's bad, let's work a plan out. If it's great, let's work out why it's worked, but let's not have any hidden surprises. And, and the, the last two things I wanted to share was what works for them? What works for them may not be what works for you or I. Just because they have an environment, just because they have a routine, just because they have a bar, just because they practice, just because there's no surprises, that may not work for others. But work out what works for you as a leader. Work out what really does emulate with you to be really comfortable and good in what you do. And the last two, and I think these are two that wrap everything up in our world. Healthy eating sleep healthy eating and sleep now i've got a four-year-old and two-year-old sleep just doesn't happen i know your boy's way older than that and listeners around the world may may not have kids may have kids that are teenagers may have people that are left home but they don't they don't put into war zones sleep deprivation for any reason other than to cause pain and over the last so many years nicola and i have definitely felt that pain from a sleep point of view so i'd say healthy eating and sleep are really kind of key to to any kind of human or leader listening to this that want to keep a focus on things. Go on, mate. I, I couldn't agree more. I just, you know, building off that point, I mean, you know, we talked about athletes. Well, for leaders, for executives, for entrepreneurs, business is our arena. So no athlete would enter the arena. No athlete would come up for game day on a steady diet of pizza and dessert, crappy sleep and all-night benders. Yep, yep. That's not how an athlete would prepare for a game. An athlete who we love to watch, whether, you know, I'm a big fan of the All Blacks, mm. I mean, obviously throughout the world we are. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter. Back in the day, this is going to date me a little bit, but, you know, using, well, watching Joan Alami back in the day, you know, you wouldn't pay to see him phone it in, right? You wouldn't pay to see him, you know, just kind of a has-been, doesn't really want to be there, you know, step on the rugby pitch. Mm. So as leaders, our arena, like it or not, is one conversation at a time. Mm. Mm. We may not have tens of thousands of people watching, but we cannot be the best version of ourselves if we are not getting enough sleep, drinking too much caffeine, drinking too much alcohol, smoking, not taking care of ourselves. Even if you work out five to ten minutes a day, mm. even if it's a walk, whatever, you've got to do things to take care of yourself. I love the farmer, love that analogy mm. about how he took care of himself, 
his people, and then his customers. Mm. That's the right order. Mm. It's the right order. And the last thing I'll say, just stemming from that philosophy, is that when you take care of people, those are the things that matter to them. If you ask that girl who was let go after 20 years mm. about what she misses, I bet you it's not the art in the hallways or her desk. Right? People. It's the people yep, that sorry. she worked besides. Yep. And if we want loyalty from our team as leaders, if we want people to give us their best effort uh, and we want them to do the best job so that we can create the most shareholder value, the most value for customers, don't we owe a little bit of loyalty to them? Mm. Like a phone call with, sorry, this is the bad news, good luck, after 20 years, doesn't cut it. It doesn't cut it. And, and in closing that, uh, the research that's actually out there shows that 80% of an employee's discretionary effort, 80% of how hard they'll work for the company, is directly tied to leadership and culture, which is why great leaders know hmm. it's not a choice between should I focus on profit today or should I focus on my people. Great leaders focus on their people more, and those are the people that go, Nick is always there for me as my boss, hmm. and so when he needs me, I'm going to step up. Hmm. And they do it for the right reason. They don't do it to get the profit, but the leaders that truly care about their people do get the profit, I'll never change my belief on that. The research shows it, um, and we, you and I, are privileged enough to see great leaders live that truth, you know, every day. So, now, well said. Takes, yeah, if anyone takes anything from it, um, you know, I hope that there's some nugget people take and just focus on people. You know, when we're most isolated, that's when we need connection the most. Um, and a Zoom meeting that's all about business doesn't necessarily create connection. So, well, so I, I think you're right. I think you're right. And I think just take the time. And um, I think that's hopefully shared enough around putting people first and treating yourself with respect. And it is hard when we're all faced with um, families, work, um, environments, news feeds, you know, everything's you know set up not always to be doom and gloom it there are some really great positive signs coming out of this and some great new startup businesses happening around the world and there are some really cool things that people are finally going you know i've got the opportunity now to maybe do what i was put on this world to do whatever that looks like so as we wrap up today we've been going we could talk forever and i know you've got to get onto another call but we've been going for an hour and if you're still listening in, again, from Stan and I, thank you so much for investing the time and listening in. I want to leave you, the listener, with, with, with three asks before we wrap up. Before I do that, I just want to say thanks, Stan, for showing up. Thanks, Stan, for being you. Thank you for um, taking the time and putting the effort into sharing some thoughts of what's going on in your side of the world in beautiful Canada and some ideas around what certain CEs and how you're working and how things are shaping up for you. I really do appreciate that. And, I'm, and I'll, I'll certainly put some links through the show notes at the end of how people can connect with you. And if they haven't seen you or heard you speak or read your books and all the lovely stuff that goes with running a beautiful business up in Canada as well. My ask for the listeners is this, as we head into Christmas, um, and this probably will go out in the new year, so hope you had a great Christmas, is what are you going to, keep doing what are you going to start doing and what are you going to stop doing as a leader as a human as a person what are you going to keep doing what are you going to start doing and what are you going to stop doing and i'd love to hear i know we've got 16 odd thousand subscribers around the world on this podcast it still blows my little brain but i get some wonderful emails and some not so wonderful emails but that's great trolling is great um social dilemma watch it if you haven't but just see um see how that goes for you in the new year those three things and try and install that into your everyday world and one thing that stan touched on and he and i have both worked on this immensely hard is your purpose and why you know simon sinek many great people around the world speak about what is your purpose what is your vision what is your whatever you want to call it what is your core purpose i'd be really keen if you haven't done it as a leader as a human as a person just think spend some time on working on why you do what you do and what is your purpose whether it is to i did it for myself the other day be the best dad i can be work in progress you know 
whatever, whatever, whatever. Just think about things as you head into the new year. Get pen and paper out and work through it. Stan, thank you, my brother from Canada. Um, always a pleasure to have you on, Emma. And And I won't ever say on this but on this podcast, please hit the subscribe button or please share this because, you know, it's just me standing you talking and sharing things. We've got some wonderful guests coming on in the new year as well. I started this podcast in 2017 with a few really good leaders up here in New Zealand and people that run businesses and some sports people. Next year, I've got a, a few. I, I, less is more for me. Um, but the right people, not, not trying to hit a number from audiences, not trying to hit a number of guests. It's just going to be... If I'm interested, if I think it's going to serve a purpose, if I think it's going to help you, the listener, we're going to have a good conversation. So no subscription needed, no membership needed. Just enjoy it and have a wonderful Christmas. Thank you all for listening. Keep safe, keep well, and see you all soon on the Nick Rao podcast.